Patrick Hoots from the Carl Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. It's kind of crazy, but we're almost at the halfway point of the fantasy football season. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Nice to have you joining us as we chat through all the big issues and some stuff that I want to get through on this episode, helping you with your Supercoach Dream Team and AFL Fantasy side to chat all things fantasy footy this week. I've got Rids on the line. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, buddy. How you going? I'm, I'm good, man. There, there, there's some questions I want to throw out. There's some dilemmas I want to discuss, some, some fantasy-relevant content that we got to get to, some big things have taken place in the past 24 to 48 hours, depending on when you're consuming this piece of content. Uh, some new players have been added to the format, and in fact, for all our Patreon supporters, which you can join at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel, an exclusive podcast and article in depth for you discussing these brand new cash cows. And speaking of Patreons, massive thank you to our new premiums just this week that have joined on in Luke French and Matthew Grimston. Thank you so much for your support of the coaches panel. Rids, it's an interesting time from a fantasy footy coach this week, this week and, and probably next week feel a little bit odd as we get towards the multi-buy round um, commencing the first of three next week. This week feels a little different for us than more than ever before because what we've had prior in the past few seasons when we approach the multi-buy rounds is, is generally Port Adelaide and Gold Coast players that we know we can get three games out of. So guys like a Chad Wingard, Robbie Gray, Fiorini, although he was injured last year. You know, these were players we probably might have been thinking we'd be looking at. We don't have them this year. Um, before we do talk about the buy rounds, and I want to get to that a little bit moment, is this week and next week some of the more difficult weeks for coaches to navigate trading? Or, or is it this week a pretty simple standard week for people? I'm actually starting to think that this buy round as a three-weeker is going to be very low scoring. Well, why is that, man? Uh, well, I reckon, okay, people haven't exactly planned well for it and or we haven't moved on guys that are still lingering, that are fringe and stuff like that. So it's going to be very, very much dependent on luck now. Yeah. So when guys you talk about like, fringe guys, like, are you talking like Lockhart sort of defenders or I know Scrimshaw's well, injured or who are you? What kind of fringe well, guys do you mean? Yeah, let's look through these, okay? So let's look at Robbie Young, yep. okay? So he was a very, very, very popular choice to come in last week yep. in all the formats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I brought him in myself in one or two. The thing is, though, he sucked. Oh, mate, he was not. So, he did not have a great week, no. So whether he gets a game or not this week is really based on luck. And then whether he performs and then comes back and plays round 13 is another piece of luck. So we're either going to have good or we're going to have bad, aren't we? Well, yeah. So let's look at another guy, Bailey Scott. Okay? Sure. Now, Bailey Scott never made enough money to get traded in the first instance. It's a waste of a trade if you moved him on to someone else. Okay, so... AFL fantasy is probably the exception, isn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. But he's sort of lingering around, okay? Yeah. we got Will Hayes. 
sort of lingering around. Yeah. We got guys like you just mentioned, Decay, Jack Scrimshaw getting injured. Yeah. Jordan Clark is lingering around. Yeah. We don't, he's good one week, he's terrible the next. Parker. Like, you know, we've got a lot of guys. Yeah. Well, Parker is different because I think Parker is so dynamic and the Saints need supporters. That. Well, they need, they, the Saints supporters need a guy that they want to come and watch. And yeah. Parker's one of those guys. Yeah, fair so call. I think Parker is different, so he's always going to be there. But he scores you 20 or 30 one week and then you know, the 60 next. the next. So, I mean, he's he's to the point of being irrelevant. Like, mm. um, Will, Willem Jew, another one that seems, he's close. Like, yeah. he is so fringe, it's not funny. And there's, and I'm going to be really harsh, and I don't mean to be harsh, because all everyone that makes the AFL and plays on any AFL list is good, yes. obviously. But there's guys that aren't anywhere near AFL standing in that Port Adelaide team at the moment that are playing ahead of Drew, which does my head in. Who, like, who are you talking about? Like, I know we're not trying to out anybody, but are we talking forwards? Are we talking midfielders? Like, which part of the ground? Um, again, we're not trying to pile on on a player or pile on on Port because, like you said, to make it to the elite level of AFL, holy moly, you've got to have some level of talent, skills, and footy IQ. So it's not a pile on. It's more, which players are you noticing are the ones that are kind of lucky, I suppose, to be ahead of Drew? Well, surely Drew's a much, he impacts games much more than what Farrell has been the last yeah, couple of weeks. Sure. Yeah. That's okay. Cool. And I'm not going to say that he's a better footballer or anything like that, but in his time, As where, just before he got dropped, he was still impacting games with 80, 90% disposal efficiency, and he was applying pressure acts, he was applying tackles. I know that Farrell plays a role and stuff like that, but. I mean, I didn't really see the guy nearly for the whole game last week. Yeah. Like, surely Drew can play whatever role Farrell is, plus add an extra mid-rotation, add a little bit more dynamic, you know? So that's the sort of thing I'm sort of saying. Like, I'm not trying to be rude. No, no, no. In the life. But yeah, like, I mean, if that's from a fantasy aspect. Yeah, like, of course. So of course, there's frustration. There's people with Joe Atley. You know, sitting in their team, yeah. they're going, what's going on here? There's people with Jackson Hakeley in their oh, team. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, what has that Mate, dude got to do is... to get picked? Well, this list goes on and on. Let's look at John O'Marsh. He's got to be on that list. Mm. You know, he's is he in next week? Is he not in? Yeah. Who knows? He's a week to week. So it's going to be all depends on the luck, isn't it? Like moving forward, Zach Clark. Yeah. Is he in? Is he not in? What's going on with him? So the fact of the matter is, he may only have out of, like, what is there, 22 on the field? Yep. For the, um, so we might have, say, a list of 25, 26 to choose from, not 30. Yes. So straight away, best 18 becomes a little bit more of a challenge when you've got, let's say there is potential that you're only going to have 10 premiums that week and anywhere from about six to 10, you know, cash cows, rookies, yeah. cash cows, yeah. who are, who are all over the shop. Of course. But again, again, like Ben's point last week was a hundred percent correct. I made a vow that I wasn't going to mention the young man's name. That's 
been driven with all the conversation. But when someone gets to a price of 500, sure. 550,000, you can't compare him to the cows anymore. You've got to compare him to, where to guys around that price tag. Yeah. But having said that, like he's still providing that little bit of a safeguard because you're not using that trade to move him on. Okay. But is he like he's just dropping, dropping, dropping? He's just leaking. You know what I mean? He's not really, he's not like free falling or anything like no, that. No, but you're losing 40, 10, 20, 30 k every week. You know, and, and yeah, but it's not that though. It's it's the points that you're losing as, as well, well as the cash. Yeah. Oh mate, there's some of those ripping, ripping. Like you could have banked fifty thousand and got a Heath Shaw three weeks ago. You yeah. know, with a bit of DPP. Yeah, like, Elliot Yo was prime for the picking a month ago. Um, exactly. Like these are the things that you're missing. Yeah. Like, and you know, if who cares about the buys if you've made two hundred extra points over that time? Correct. Exactly so, right. And, because you'll get maybe a hundred and thirty points out of that cow in rounds 12 and 13, but you could lose that cash, but you can make up those points in rounds 12 and 14 by having a premium playing those two weeks. Well, let's have a look at a perfect example this week. Yeah, let's do that. Let's just, let's talk through this a little bit. You've got Riley O'Brien, okay, who's looking like he might get an extra game and then it looks like a source will be playing SANFL this week. Yep, that's been And confirmed. then there's going to be a lot of pressure on from below, okay? Especially if the Crows don't have it a convincing win this well, week. Well, they play Melbourne this week, so Max Gorn, you know, is going to make it. He's, along with Grundy, the hardest Ruckman to score against. And the Crows yep. have, you know, unlucky to lose, you know, against Brisbane, um, you know, choked in the last third of the game, uh, unless West Coast in the game. They now have a very winnable matchup against Melbourne. They lose that you think they might be looking to bring some experience back into the team and Source would, you know, luckily or unluckily, either force O'Brien out of the side or push him forward and maybe Costa Himmelberg out 100%. of spot. Absolutely spot on, mate. So what we're doing here, okay, is we're trying to forecast. So let's say we forecast O'Brien plays, okay, for the next three rounds. Sure. He has been brilliant. There's been no question about that over Top the last Top three few cash months. cow for the year. He is right Top up there. Top three. Okay. But in those three weeks, and we're looking at a Gorn matchup. Yes. And then we're looking at a Mumford matchup. Yeah. And then we're looking at a Richmond matchup, which is a nice, friendly one. Yeah, nice but way to enter. By that stage, he may not be the number one ruck. Correct. He might be playing two rucks in the team. Yes. So let's say even if he averages 70 points a week sure. for those three weeks. And I'm trying to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been conservative, and I appreciate that. That's 210 points for the three weeks, yep. okay, in comparison. Max Gorn is every chance to score 210 points over the next two weeks. Easily. Of course, he's got Grundy the week after, but he's playing against Riley O'Brien this week. You'd think a, a 110 conservatively, again, barring injury, barring something drastically unpredictable, a, a forecasting a 110 in every format looks pretty safe, given his current form. I'm actually thinking it's probably unders. So yeah. I'm actually thinking this week he's probably looking at 130 across the format. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know okay. it. Yeah, which would mean he only needs to score 80 points to get that 210 
to break even with what Riley O'Brien is. So if you've got Riley O'Brien at R2 this week, I would be looking at making that trade. Would you, if he was at R3, and again, that's more of a dream team and a super coach question, um, and yep. AFL Fantasy, you might, is it the same logic through there or is it different? Because chances are, if you've got him at R3, you've probably, and maybe it's dangerous assumption, you've probably already got Grundy and Gorn. So what I've got, okay, it, lucky you mentioned that, I've got him at R3 in Supercoach. Right. So we don't usually highlight our teams or how we're going or anything like that because it's not about us. No, it's, it's about, about us helping, helping you. Yeah, exactly. So, But the thing is, I do have that scenario this week. I'm actually trading him to a guy, a forward, a forward cash cow this week. Right. And I'm upgraded Scrimshaw to Whitfield in Supercoach. Is that because um, Whitfield, is, is it so much about O'Brien and that he's done what he needed to, or is it about Whitfield and the impact he's clearly had um, when he's been playing and what he's going to do against Gold Coast and his next couple of opposition? Well, I think it's both. All right. It's, it's, a, it's a combination of both, okay? So O'Brien is playing against Gorn. I don't see him going much over his break-even. I yep. know his break-even's attainable, but I don't see it going much over it this week, yeah, okay? That's fair. So that matchup, it's not on the field anyway, so it's just a pure cash cow swap. I'm bringing in a forward that I liked last week. Yeah. Whitfield, and this is what I keep saying to people, it's all about time in your trades. You know this, MJ. Yes. We've, we've been playing this long enough. You yes. Know? You got on Andrew Gaff, when was it? Earlier in the year? I uh, got on him uh, about three weeks ago when he had his big 140 uh, over in WA a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And did you see a spike straight away in your rankings? Yes, I did. I got on Josh Kelly a few weeks ago, and guess what? I had the same spike. Yep. Okay, it's all about timing your trades. Yep. And not only that, we've actually got guys that are going to play that round 12 by and move into round 13 or 14. So we've already got guys that are going to be a sustained run with it, okay? Whitfield is absolutely... I said last week he was must-have last week, okay? Or as close to must-have as you can get. Yeah. I don't. I hate that term. And well, I think have, the must-have, and the reason we hate must-have again, my opinion of why I hate it, yours might be different, is when you imply someone's a must-have, it's saying that there is no other way to achieve your objective of overall correct. ranking sex, success or league success without him. And yet, I know coaches that started last year for five or six weeks and didn't have Tom Mitchell, guys that didn't have Jackson McRae last year, guys that didn't have Devin Smith last year, and yet still did incredibly well, whether it be league or ranking success. So to say a must-have is a, if you don't have, you can't. Bull. Of course you can. Because if you nailed at the start of the year, guys like Boke, guys like Kelly, you started with a Tim Taranto. Um, you held fat and were patient with a Zach Merritt. You started with the Whitfields. You started with the Lloyds. And you passed off the so-called must-have McRae as if there's no such thing as a must-have. Correct. And you're 100% correct. So I'm only going Whitfield last week and this week and calling him as close to must-have as you can because that's how I feel about my team. Sure. Okay. And it's got to be a team-to-team. Because I can tell you now, if you're playing Robbie Young at F6, oh boy, and you're upgrading a guy like Dersma to Whitfield in the back line, I'm going to tell you straight away that you're a fool. 
why is that? Because you can, because sometimes we go, oh, but I, I'm upgrading a fattened cow to getting the best option, and I've still got a guy that's making. Because well, I understand it's a that. Combination, Talk us through. It? Yeah, great. It's a combination. Are you really going to accept that twenty and have Whitfield's hundred and thirty to get hundred and fifty, or would you rather get Dersma seventy or eighty? Okay, and that forward premium score. Yeah, turn Parker up into something, for example. Correct. Or Myers up. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Like, but whether you don't have Kelly, like imagine Tim Kelly, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Or a Josh Dunkley. Dunkley's right. He's right. You know, and Caleb Daniel in um, Supercoach has yeah. been going. Has he even, he's missed 100 for the year? Yeah, I think like last, like, not last week, the week before was a bad week, but other than that, he's almost been faultless, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're talking constantly. Jezza Cameron had one pause game yeah. in Supercoach. Like, Toby Green is absolutely ripe. Oh, man. If you think Lockie Whitfield is ripe, oh, check, out Lock- check out Toby Green. Mate. You know? So you don't always have to go and spend all that money to the top guy because that's going to be the highest risk. Well, uh, could often- you build the case that Jackson McRae's in a similar position post buy yeah 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 i think jackson McRae's <laughs> absolutely but it's going to depend on teams of again. course it does i'm going to tell you the same thing about chad wingard yeah i'm going to tell you the same thing about robbie gray yeah i'm going to tell you a, there's a there's guys falling out everywhere like, you and again we only saw it four weeks ago he's sure dropped to five hundred thousand guys these guys are proven for years. You mm-hmm. know, they're going to rebound. They will rebound. 100%. Jackson McRae is not going to average 90 for the whole season. No way. And the fact that Mitch Wallace is out for the next two to three games of football, who's in the top five of the club for centre bounce attendances, where do you think those centre bounces are going to, my friend? Correct. Angus Brayshaw. Let's talk Angus oh, Brayshaw, please. who's my... Let, he's my topic of the week, is Angus Brayshaw. Let's talk us. Why are people selling Angus Brayshaw at his lowest possible price tag? I Remember can tell you last why. Week, I, I can tell you why. High, yeah, buy so, low. Sell high, buy low, but here's why they're doing it. It's because emotion is now the driving factor in the decision, not the clinical logic. And whenever you let emotion get in the way or your frustration, maybe that's a better word, um, get in the way of you building your side, you're never going to achieve the full success you ever could. You're just Correct. never going to do it. Now, if it if it's ruining your enjoyment of the, of the game and it's causing you to not enjoy playing fantasy footy, that's fine. It, it, do that because it's a game, it's a hobby while we all hope to win money and leagues and, and rankings, all that stuff. If it's causing you to hate it, one, walk away. But, th- but then two, fine. But now is not the time to move him on. And because, not just because he's losing cash, the fact is that after half time, Goodwin clicked into gear and went, we need Gus in the, in, in the centre bounce moments. We need Spot him on, around mate. the contest. So if I was an Angus Brayshaw, which I am, by the way, in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, I'm holding the sucker. Even through his multi-buy round, I'm holding him. Because uh, I reckon I can see the spike coming back because it's all clicked for Melbourne and for Simon Goodwin to go, we need Gus in the contest, not just around the contest. And I 100% agree. Now, if anyone was watching that game on the weekend, okay, his first quarter, he had one T, 
tackle wow. for the whole first quarter. And then right on the siren, he took a mark and he was lucky to get the kick that I thought was after the siren, okay? Yeah. So he had seven points because he gave away a free kick as well. Yep. Seven points in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy at quarter time. He lands at 75 for the game. But as you said, after half time, in that last quarter, I don't think he wasn't in a sense about. He was excellent. He was actually really good. He, he, he was the game. I know. The game. He, he was one. Now, Melbourne were still not great in the last quarter, to be fair. But they no, were no, no, better. They, they were better than they'd been in the first three. Um, which is an indictment on their first three, because I still think it was GWS is one of their highest scoring quarters. But they were better with their structure. Um, they looked more competitive around the contest. The fact for them is they're just defensively inept. Um, there's no Lever. There's no Jordan Lewis, who was their coach back there. There's no Stephen May. You've got Sam Frost, who's a noble player, but there's no defensive structure there that's holding up. And, and you get nervous because enough ball gets thrown in there. Of course they're just going to get belted. And GWS are one of the most damaging sides in the league. Correct. And so what happens, okay, is if you start... And we're not talking about AFL Fantasy no, here, no, no. okay? AFL Fantasy is one of those ones where you've got to weigh it up week to week. Sure. So if you've got nothing to do and you've got a brace or sitting there, you Knock yourself out. okay? But if, you, if you've got other priorities, you've got to you use them first. But in Dream Team, okay, you can't keep trading these guys no. when they hit their lowest point. Otherwise, you're never going to complete your team. No. And look, I'm not telling people how to play. Do you said want. it right before. If this guy's killing the enjoyment of your game, then by all means, trade him out. But don't be focused on overall. Yeah. Because, like, the end of the day, you won't rank well. No. If you're trading out a Justin Westhoff at four hundred thousand in the format after buying him for seven hundred thousand, you need a slap. Yeah. You know, plain and simple. Like you need to keep these guys through their bad times and through their good times. And we see it every year. I don't know why we just forget after two or three rounds. Like Angus Brayshaw flew home last year, yep. remember? And his first five why, or six weeks this week were strong. Why wouldn't they, if they are starting to move him back into the centre bounces and he's getting his hands on the ball, yep. Why? there's no reason why he doesn't fly home again this year. No, if, if I was a non-owner, I would be watching so carefully this week against Adelaide how they go the following week and then go, if he's in at the centre bounces, I'm amending my upgrade strategy and plans to make him a priority after the round 13 buy round. 100%. Because he is as cheap as you're going to get him and he's the dude that can go 120 on average from now to the end of the year. Because I don't care what a guy's seasonal average is if I don't own him. I care what it is from the point on I bring him into my side for the rest of the year. I don't want a top eight midfielder anymore. I want to start with guys and hold guys from now that will be at the end of the year, but I want top eight guys from when I pick them up to the end point of the season. So don't go, you know, i got to pick a top eight midfielder for the year, average. No, you don't. You want a guy that'll be top no. eight from now to the end of the year. And people are so not thinking straight, okay? And you're 100%. Two, three weeks ago, people which I was reading stuff and I was just baffled, okay? People were saying, do not select Dustin Martin in AFL Fantasy at his lowest point. 
Now, he's got 130 and 100 in almost monsoon weather. Like and he had like four weekend. or five frees against him too, didn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously now the same people three weeks ago would be going, oh, maybe we should consider him. You should have been considering him at the lowest point. Yeah. This is the whole idea of the place. You buy them cheap, you let them make a bit of money for you, then upgrade. You know, you don't need to always buy the top dollar. I made up, okay, and this is, again, it's not about me. No, I'm it's the illustration. The example. Yeah. Two weeks ago, my AFL fantasy team came top 10 for the week, okay? Sure. Now, I don't have Tim Kelly. I didn't have Lockie Whitfield. I, I didn't have a few of these guys in that team yep. for that week. Yet it finished top 10 for the week. Yeah. Like, it's all about having a good base of the team. And I made up, like, thousands of, of ranking points. Yeah. So you bring up an interesting perspective, and I'm curious because we've talked about Lockie Whitfield a little bit, and again, this is purely an AFL fantasy moment. So again, for dream teamers and super coaches, it's, there's certainly learnings here, but for, for AFL fantasy, what's the bigger, bigger priority for coaches? And again, it always is about the combinations, just not the uniques um, that we're talking about. But what would be a, a bigger priority move? Upgrading a, a, a Brody Smith, for example, into a Lockie Whitfield, or, or turning a a Grian Myers into a Dustin Martin. Again, it's so hard to know without the other 29 variables that are on in the side, but what's the what's a better way to play AFL fantasy? Go and get the big boy that probably could be your captain this week or pick up a bubbling Dusty with a round 14 buy, which we don't have a lot of forwards for. So I always look at it like team sheets will always determine that answer. Right. Myers might be pretty much having a rest this week, okay? Sure. I mean, we're, we're seeing signs of him slowing down mm-hmm. a little bit the last couple of weeks. But having said that, he's still got a massive score in him. Sydney's not an unfriendly matchup down at Geelong. Yes. So, so if you're thinking, and again, it's got to come from your thoughts, okay? If you're thinking Brody Smith is slowing, He's got an awkward matchup against Melbourne in Darwin, which yeah. won't suit his style. He might get a fifth, like let's say seventy. Yeah, okay? sure. And Dustin Martin's got an awkward matchup against North Melbourne, who are a little bit restrictive yeah. at times. Okay, so let's say he goes one hundred and ten. So that's one hundred and eighty all up. Okay. Yeah. You might be a little bit scared that Lockie Whitfield could almost match the two. <laughs> yeah. This week. yeah, that's true. Again, I said this last week, Gold Coast are a very contested one-on-one game and everything else. But the fact of the matter is, someone like a Lockie Whitfield against Gold Coast really could rip them. And and is that because of his ability to get into space um, from an endurance perspective? There's not many that can go with him. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be guys like Josh Kelly and Lockie Whitfield this week that are going to cause a lot of problems. Yeah. Gold Coast, it's in close, like the Tarantos and Canelio, um, yep. if he plays, um, and so on and so forth, might be a little bit less than expected type sure. scenario. So I think it's the outside guys with that six 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 that are really going to dominate. Yeah, gotcha. Now I'm not. I'm, I'm thinking GWS are going to win quite comfortably, yeah. ten goals roughly. So yeah. So I would actually be looking at Whitfield there. Okay. okay. The combo with Whitfield because 
Whitfield also is potentially a captain option. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So, again, though, it's if people think, oh, so-and-so for Suns, you know, um, whoever it is, might go run with Whitfield, Bose which I don't understand why they would, yeah. but they yeah. might. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, and Whitfield goes 120, you still only need a 50 or 60 from Myers. Like, yeah. So... That way, then, okay, I always go, radio. who's the most likely to be in the top few? Yeah. And if it's a Whitfield, then I go a Whitfield. So I try and ledger it up. If there's 20, 30 points gap, I go the best option. If it's, I think there's not that much in it, I'll always go the best option for the rest of the year. Yeah, right. Gotcha. I think that's the right And way. on top of that, the thing that I didn't mention there was the buy rounds because Dusty and Whitfield have the same buys. Yes, exactly. And again, we're purely talking AFL fantasy where Dusty's eligible is afford. It's a, it's another conversation in different formats, um, and because there's other variables through there. But it was purely for AFL fantasy. And and, and so I got yeah. a couple of questions before we get to um, some of the Patreon questions uh, that, that we want to be able to answer. Um, when it comes to trading in premiums this week, um, and making upgrade trades. Is it now at the point where we should only be looking for this week round 14 guys and nothing else, knowing that, look, round 12 guys, we're getting this week and that's it. So barring something, I I struggle to see a world someone could talk me into picking a round 12 guy. Um, but look, I'm open. Round 13, is outside of Max Gorn, is there any obvious guys we should be... Um, looking to trade in this week, or is it gone if you don't have him and then the others don't worry about it? So, Scribshaw injuries the one that throws the spanner in the works with this. Yes. So, if you've only got, let's say, your back line only has Scribshaw and Dersma yes. as the round 12 players, and you like a premium with a round 12 buy. So, Sicily will show. Let's pick Sicily. Well, yes. Like, who does Hawthorne play? Fremantle, don't they? This week? Yeah, I think it's Fremantle. So, that's a nice buy. That's a nice matchup. So, Sicily might go 100-plus. Brisbane. And it means that you don't have to put a Lockhart on the field. I would pull the trigger on that this it's week. It's Brisbane. If there was nothing else. Oh, it's a Brisbane, is yeah. it? Okay, so I would pull the trigger on that. Yeah. Um, if it's... Anyone else, and yeah, then it's only around 14 by. Gorn, as I just explained before, would stay at round... Like, if you don't own Gorn, the only time you bring him in is if you own Rob and he's on the ground, so sure. O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you pretty much wait till his buy comes because there's that awkward, nasty matchup against Grundy next week. Yeah, that's it, it's not great for either of them. So we're talking premium upgrades that we should be targeting. Um, and again, every side's different, unique. So we're, we're looking at those GWS guys this week that we've talked about. We're talking about Whitfield. We're talking about Kelly, who still has ridiculously low ownership. Jeremy Cameron is a super coach forward option. Um, he's an option in other formats, but I do think super coach is definitely more his bread and butter. Um, yeah. Dusty in AFL fantasy as a forward it is certainly a viable um, upgrade for you there. Would you look at a unique guy like a Fiorini or would you put a little bit more trust currency in a Josh Kelly, given their price no, is similar enough? I can't go for Fiorini. Like, I know he's like been really good at everything else, but 
he's got to do it longer than what he has, and he can't be as injury prone. Yeah. So I can't go near him. Like I just can't. So I'll look at him if they have a good two or three runs, like in AFL fantasy, and I might sideways trade to sure. him or something like that. But that's the only like. You I'm picking get anyone versus GWS this week. No, I, I, I'm. You know, I'm picking as and again, Braden's been awesome this year, but I'm picking Josh Kelly, who's done it for now three years in a row. Um, going 110 or there and thereabouts when he's fully fit with a comparable price point of Fiorini, who's done it for eight to 10 games. I know where my trust is. Um, yeah, there's also a lot of dollars there, though, MJ, between uh, the two. Yeah, well, depending on the formats, there's not much, but in others there is, yes. Um, yep. Uh, like I, I think AFL Fantasy is like a grand, um, but but yes, you're right. Well, AFL Fantasy is different. Yes, of but course again, it is. like, how convinced are we that the ball doesn't go to Fiorini this week? I think he does. So if he goes, he's got to pick up someone, doesn't he? So well, well, you're not going to lock down on Tuke. Um, while while I think Bose is the franchise player of Gold Coast, um, I wouldn't be sending him there. We saw Mark Hutchings less than a month ago shut down Fiorini. So, you know, that would be my so, hesitation. Yeah, I wouldn't be going anywhere near him. Not this week anyway, that's for sure. Um, I wouldn't be going anywhere near anyone that... And GWS played them twice as well, the one in ugh. round 23, I think it is. Ugh, isn't it? Yuck. So, yeah, I just... Yeah, no, no, thanks. That that is an interesting thing to talk about. You know, we we haven't spent a ho- we've talked a lot about the multi buy rounds, but we haven't talked a lot about the final ra- buy round of the year. That's the week that's really going to win it for you, isn't it? Whether it be your league, whether it be overall rankings, there's some interesting matchups because you're right. That final round of the year, GWS take on Gold Coast, um, uh, North Melbourne. You've got to look at that. Yeah, yeah, you've North. Look at that. Yeah, that's that's a red flag against Fiorini, isn't it? Especially if he gets tagged this week by DeBoer. Um, you know, you then look at some of the other matchups this week uh, in the final round. North Melbourne take on Melbourne. It's not going to be the easiest ruck matchup for Max Gorn if Todd Goldstein's still there. Depends on obviously what Reece Shaw does um, as the coach. Brisbane take on Richmond. Um, that that could be potentially in Super Coach. Great news for Lockie Neal. Um, if- uh, okay, having said that though. Look directly after the buys for Lockie Neal. Well, his five weeks or four weeks after the buys are nasty. Yeah, so if you don't own Lockie Will, you wait till about what was it, round seventeen or eighteen? It eases up. Yeah, it's really the finals. Lockie Neal. Yeah, it's your league yeah, finals. Yeah, yeah. North Melbourne yeah. take on Freeman. Uh, sorry, Port take on Fremantle. Uh, both sides could just be running kids around there that, at that point. West Coast take on Hawthorne, so Jaeger O'Meara you don't want in your side in that last week. Geelong take on Carlton. Again, Carlton could just be sending kids to play that week. So it could be fascinating what Geelong and their laid outs do. Um, Western Bulldogs and Adelaide, that could be one of the games that really defines the top eight. Um, both those sides are in that kind of clump of six to ten. Um, and so that could be an interesting one. Collingwood take on Essendon. Gosh, that could be a field day for, for Brody Grundy. Um, and then the final game of the round is the Swans taking on the Saints. And so you're right. You do have to look at this final round of the year because that's the week that's going to win it or lose it for you. Yeah, and if you're in any cash leagues or if you're looking at league focus where you've got bragging rights, you've got to, you've got to plan as if you're going to be in the grand final. Yeah. So you've got to look at that last week. So... 
throw out that Port Adelaide Fremantle game again. So if a Harley Burnell comes in in the next couple of weeks, you know, if you've still got Willem Drew and he starts getting the odd game here and there, both of these guys may very well be very handy inclusions come at the end of the year. Yeah, 100%. You know, so you need to start thinking through this a little bit. It's going, okay, you know, if I'm going to go and get a guy who, let's say you're going to kill them 11K in Dream Team or Super Coach, yeah. and you go, I'm just going to kill someone, I'm going to find someone who's going to be potential to have a game here and there, but I just need to milk that 200,000 yeah. from, say, Gibbons to him. Okay? Sure. Who are you looking at? could be determined by who may get a game right at the end of the season. Yeah. It could be a Tom North. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It could be a Brett Bewley. Valenti. terrible on the weekend. Yeah. But it could be any of these guys, you know, Valente or um, let's look at the other teams, um, North Melbourne, who do they play again? Oh, in Melbourne. the final round? Yeah, they play Melbourne in the final round. Yeah. Okay? So it might be worth holding Bailey Scott. Yeah. Because if I'm Ray Shore, okay, and I'm going, well, North Melbourne season sucks at the moment, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the kids. I've already got a kid who's been nominated for the Rising Star. Yeah. The only way he's going to win something or win respect back for my club is to play him. It's not through Dom Tyson and Aaron Hall. No. Nah. Well, why would you play him in the VFL? Yeah. If he's fit, get him out there. Have a crack. Correct. So these are the thought processes you've got to think about. Like... Why would you trade Bailey Scott and only make... 60,000, 70,000. Yeah. You know? It's not worth a trade. You might as well hold him because, like, at the end of the day, these guys are only going to be 20 or 30, 40, 50 points where if and when they are needed. Well, yeah, and it's kind of like you remember a few seasons ago back in the debut year of Josh Dunkley. He played a couple of games, did nothing for long periods of time, worked his way back into the side and then became one of those great cash cow options for the rest of the year and was giving you 70-odds scores, and when you got caught out with a laid out, it wasn't hurting you because you, you had a guy that was playing, but there was no point trading him because you weren't making really any money for the trade. There's always a guy that appears halfway through the year that comes home well. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced it's going to be Dan Hanabry if he gets his body right. Yeah, So he's going to have got the early bye. He'll play some sort of football in the next few weeks. Like, I do think it's going to be Dan Hanabry. Yep. It may not, and it may be a Harley Bennell. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone that, surprises. that you can rely on. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, what I've learned, you know, as we've talked about this end of the year, is I've learned that if I was a Jaeger O'Meara owner, I would be scared. Because not only does he have Hutchings in round 23, in round 21 he has DeBoer. Mm. Oh. And then on top of that, okay, he looked ordinary. He looked like he was carrying injury on the weekend. So Yeah, look, I know in round 22, he, he's got the Gold Coast Suns, so that's favourable. Round 20, he's got North Melbourne. So, look, there's a couple of decent matchups in there for him, but, gosh, I'd be a nervous Jaeger O'Meara owner running him to the line. Um, and even in leaks, I'd be a nervous owner, that's for sure. And yeah, yes, I couldn't right. go in. No, nah, for me, he was... Uh, not that he was an upgrade plans for me, but the fact that he's coming off the first multi-buy round, he's had some really good scores this year, he's leading that Hawthorne midfield, he may have been an option for you. I think you're right. Look at that last month of the year. That's where it is all said and done and won, where you can drop out of that top 10, top 50, and lose your chance to win it overall. 
um, and where the unique can kill you in a matchup. Because you're not going to get what we had this week every week where Hutching stops tagging. That that I've never seen West Coast do that before. It was a masterful move from Adam Simpson. It won them the game because it added some ball winners and some speed into their midfield, and that's where the Crows were dominating the second quarter. That was the coaching decision that won them the game. But they're not going to need to do that against Hawthorne. Yeah, but you, they, people with, who owned Sloan got lucky. Oh, mate, did they ever. He was getting... He, he scored well for the first five minutes, and then the next quarter and a bit, nothing. Yeah. It's sort of like um, looking at the Rockcliffe situation from last week as well, isn't yeah. it? Like, you know, people might say they got unlucky there because he went off injured, but... Sure. They, they may very well bounce back and get lucky this week. With him playing. If he's going to play. Like, so you might might miss one quarter of football, but plays again this week, yeah. which means you're getting through to his bye, and then you can work it out from there and yeah. get a bit more um, information about it. So it's quickly... It, it's amazing how quick luck changes and how much it impacts this game. Like... It just blows my mind every time you sit there and look at it. You only need to look at Tim English a few weeks ago. Yeah. He was a laid out. Yeah. And then he missed three games of football with soreness. Yeah. Like, how unlucky are owners of Tim English? Massively. You know? And now they've gone and got Gardner. There's every chance that maybe Trengove goes in and, you know, becomes the first ruck. Like, that's just bad luck, guys and girls. Like, you can't... But that that's all it is. Like, you can't predict it. No. Uh, you, look, you need... The, the great fantasy coaches do everything they can to minimise the importance of luck. But at the end of the day, you still depend on it a whole heap to get you your wins. Correct. It's You're right. Sloan, English, all these guys, you know, positives and negatives. You need luck on your side. Like, I know people last week that traded out Xavier Dersma, um because... I did, mate. I'll, be, I'll put up yeah. my hand. Yeah. And last week, I went Dersma to Whitfield in Dream Team. Well, that's not bad. And don't get me wrong, it didn't kill me. No. But I could have easily have gone Scripture to Whitfield. 100%. I just made a choice that I thought Scripture I'd go might... the other way. Yeah. That's fine. And that's all it was. That's it's, all it was. Luck. I missed out on potential 40 points Yep. based on just one trade yep. and the fact that Dersman's going to make a bit more money now. Could, if you're a Xavier Dersman um, owner now, is he someone you just make uh, as probably your last defensive upgrade now and run him through no. the multi-buy round? That, well, he's your last defensive upgrade if you don't own Marty Hall. Sure. Okay, Marty Hall... And again, if you have Brody Smith and Marty Hall, I would almost be comfortable that Marty Hall's going to score just as much as Brody Smith. Even me. in Supercoach? Um, yeah. Okay. Because Marty Hall's looking sensational across all the formats. Yeah. I think that, you know, people went on about Max Gorn, rightfully so, last week. But I think it was Marty Hall and Max Gorn versus. GW. Everybody else, yeah. Does yeah, Levers and like, May's return impact that for you? Or do you think, regardless of those two coming in... He's oh. playing key position in their absence. Yeah. So he's going to go back to his running half-back, 
and he took out nearly every kick in yeah. last week. So, yeah, no, mate, he's one that I would be holding for as long as I possibly can, if not the year. I don't I don't know how much a trade is worth, okay, points-wise. Sure. But, but in Dream Team, I am very, very tempted to have Smith and Hall running through D6. And D7, you know? yeah. Yeah, I oh, really am. Similar in Supercoach? And a nobody. Yeah. Oh, in yeah, Supercoach, is it the same? Do you add Zach Williams into that conversation of almost... Those three are your D five, six, seven. Zach Williams worries me a little bit okay. because he can uh, he he can get injured quite frequently. Sure. Like, and again, I don't think he's injury prone. I just think he's the way that he plays the game, where he darts sideways and he goes in and out, and he's one of the most fun players ever to own because. Watching him is an absolute wonderful experience. But the way that he goes sideways and he does weird angles, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's no surprise that he's done a hamstring. You no. know, if I said to you, oh, you know when it's with some people, like if I said to you, Toby Green got a week suspension for jumper punching, would Wouldn't, you be surprised? Mate, I felt like that would just be a normal Tuesday. You know, it, it, the same thing with Zach Williams, like, you know, he's pinged his hamstring. He's going to miss two or three weeks like he currently is. Wouldn't surprise it's me. It's not a real surprise. Or a Bradlow you know medalist getting off at the MRO. Wouldn't surprise me. Or a Tom Rockliffe getting injured like Wouldn't with a hamstring me. and then thinking it's only a cramp and then re-injuring. Sure. Like, Wouldn't surprise we've me. We've been through that before, haven't we? Yep. Yep, yep, So, yep. you see what I mean? Like it just, 100%. I'm not doubting that, like, there's no tear in that hamstring this week. But what I'm saying is, because we've been through it before, it wouldn't be a surprise if we revisit that at some point in time. So, you know, Cade Collajasny has been out more than in. Like, Angus Brayshaw a couple of years ago, if I said to you, he had a knock to the head and has concussion, there's no surprise factor. Sure. So there's a few of these guys, MacArthur, another one. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no surprise that some of these guys, and we all watch Patrick Cripps, and we all love watching Patrick Cripps week in, week out. But at some point in time, he's going to have to rest that knee and body up at some stage, mm. think, wouldn't you? Yeah, oh, you'd think so. There's only so I mean, much one man have... can carry. Well, that, that knee strapping is just amazing how much there is, like... So at least he's easy to pick out because he's such a monster on the field. That's right. So, but yeah, so I mean, these guys, you just don't, you wouldn't be surprised. Brody Smith, you wouldn't be surprised if he gets tagged out of a game. Sure. But there was the rolling lockout. That's why I'm sort of saying D6, D7, you sort of get that option. Free hit. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think that's a great way to think of it. And look, next week on the podcast, and we want to get to some questions in just a moment. I want to talk about how we how we attack the multi buy rounds. I think Ben's on that episode. We're going to spend a lot of time on that, and and some other members of the panel will get them on too. And and looking at how we attack this three week multi buy round because what we said right at the start of this episode. This multi-buy round period is really unique to what we've seen over past years. We don't have Gold Coast and Port guys that we can stream through that period of time. We've got probably the best premiums in every single line with the exception of probably Whitfield in our back lines. Probably the best availables 
all coming through that round 13 week um, for us. So it's going to be a, a fascinating week to see how coaches are or aren't prepared um, for those multi-buy rounds because uh, some pain could be coming. <laughs> well, I think, and I think just on that, it's going to be a true reflection of ranking after the buys. Yeah. Not after week to week of the buy. No, no, no. Use it as a whole round. Yes. You've got to use it as a whole number and you've got to see where you come out the other end. Because especially in Supercoach, you look at that Lloyd, you look at Hearn, you look at um, Neil, you look at Stewart, yep. you know, you look at Dangerfield, you Kelly. look at Kelly, you look at, say, a Heaney, yep. you look, you could just keep going all day. Oh, yeah. You, Gorn, you, yep. Grundy. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan, maybe you're rolling him through there. Maybe JPK you've had rolling through. It, it is the, the week. Now, all weeks are going to hurt in some regards, but that's the week where the big boys are playing. Not like exce- that one. Yeah. With the exception of probably Whitfield in our back lines, um, and maybe our forward lines take a little bit of a hit um, in round 12. If you've got Boak and Dunkley, you might get a bit of a hit, but round 13 is the one that's going to sting most coaches. Yep, and especially if you haven't planned. Yes. Because I can guarantee you now, you've got Danger, you've got Kelly, you've got Heaney, you've got Grundy, you've got Gorn, you've got Neil, and you've got those guys at the back. Yeah, yeah. That's painful. I know you get three weeks to try to add to that, but you don't have 700,000 sitting in the kitty to do three upgrade trades, though. No, and then on top of that, okay, the rookies on the field... They've only got best 18. So the last four or five where the biggest score fluctuations occur are no longer there. So it's best 18. Yes, you're going to have more premiums and stuff. Don't discount the fact that people are going to bring in that extra unique guy that's not unique anymore after that buy round. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. No, I appreciate your thoughts on that, man. Let's jump into some of our Patreon questions. Uh, if you want to join the Patreon army, support the coaches panel, and also get a heap of rewards and exclusive content for doing it, uh, you can do as these incredible people have done and go to patreon.com forward slash coaches panel. Our first question is an AFL fantasy question. It comes from Louis. Uh, he's narrowed down the combination and all the potential variations to pretty much a, a, a two versus two. And I want to throw it to you, Rids. Um, it's simply this for him. It's a Rockcliffe and Laird. By the way, that his cover at this stage would be a Bewley or Ainsworth if Rockcliffe flies over and is laid out. So it's a Rockcliffe and Laird versus a Whitfield and Myers. Those trades that he make, that becomes the variations that he's looking at. Okay, Where do you so feel more comfortable? Let's look at averages, okay? So AFL Whitfield's 120. Yep. Playing Gold Myers Coast. Is 60-ish yep. this week. Slowed the so past two say, weeks. Let's say 200 maximum for that combo, okay? Yeah, I feel comfortable with that. You, you yep. could probably maybe stretch to a 220, but 200 feels safe. Yeah, so it's likely to be 190 probably. So 200's probably a little bit high because... It's not that easy to predict 140, 150 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for Whitfield, but... That's true. Yeah, um, all right. Let, let's go the range so of 190 to 200 then. Yeah, okay. So let's just go 200 as a mark. Yep. Now, the other one was Laird, who's been going at 90. 90s, so, yeah. So 
let's say he gets 100 this week against Melbourne. Sure. Rockcliffe, St Kilda over there. Let's say he plays, because I don't understand why he would fly there if he's not playing. Uh, so let's play. say he gets 120, because it's not a nice matchup. No. I think he's going to have probably a Jack Steele. I'm just trying to work through it. Yeah. So 120, 100, 220. Look, I mean... It's comparable either way, isn't it? Oh, look, I'd probably go Rockcliffe and Laird this week. Yeah. But I'd be much preferred to have Whitfield and Myers long-term. Yeah, I understand that. And the fact that, too, that there is a risk with Rockcliffe that he doesn't play like you've got to be thinking about it now i know the scans have come back positive he's back running but really this is a an, it should be a pretty safe victory for port adelaide as noble as st kilda have been this year um when you've got guys like drew and atley waiting in the wings i, I haven't checked the flights chances are rockcliffe's already on the plane and good luck to him i hope he has a great game um and for owners i hope you get a great score but surely you it makes more sense to give the dude an extra couple of days R and R. Make sure he's cherry ripe for the year. Give Atley, give Drew another twenty-five possession game. Prove they can play at the elite level because that's what makes me nervous for Louis here in this scenario. Is if he goes for Rocky and Laird, there is every chance it could be a a Bewley and Laird. Yeah. See, so the other thing though is next week as well. So Rockcliffe has a bye next week. Yes. Whereas Myers plays and Whitfield and so does Whitfield plays. play. I'd do that. So. So I'd almost be leaning towards Whitfield and Myers long-termer. Yes. Because Whitfield's a keeper for the year. Who 100%. knows with Rockcliffe? Rockcliffe's sort of 50-50 proposition at the moment because Wines will return and there'll be Hartlett that returns and Gray's now back and will be rotating through the midfield. So it's got to impact Rockcliffe. There's just unknowns, Myers. yes. Yeah, you're talking about unknowns. And then, yeah, and then on top of that, okay, Rockcliffe playing... This week scares me a little bit. Yeah. I'm a Rockcliffe owner in AFL Fantasy. Yeah, I'd be nervous So too. scares me. I'd hate to think that he goes off injured after a quarter oh, or that they put him in ice if they've got the game won at three-quarter time. Yeah. So, and it's only going to be one knock or one push or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm I just don't know nervous. why they're taking the risk. I'm no doctor. I'm I haven't, I'm not a part of their medical team. So, look, like I said, we don't wish and hope injury on anyone. But I, I would, from a distance, be going, he's been so good this year for their side in terms of ball winning. Give the dude the extra week. Give a kid another opportunity. Take the win against the Saints. Come back home, cherry ripe, ready to go with Wines, with Hartlett you know, with Ebert all coming back into the side after the buy and attack the top eight. One week off, I'd much feel much comfortable as opposed to a potential further and, damage. And let's not forget, he was already wearing a pink hat last week. Yeah, that's no right, contact. he was too. So he's so sore. he was already sore. So I oh, just, no. yeah, I look, I mean, long story short, there's a lot of unknowns there. I just... I'd feel much more comfortable having Whitfield and Myers. There you go, Louis. There's your answer in AFL Fantasy. I, I like that thought too. Clint wants to know, he still has Zach Williams in AFL Fantasy and also in Dream Team. The news is out. He's going to miss again. Do you trade him now anyway, um, even this close to the multi-buy rounds, or hold and hope you can get him through and get a couple of games through the multi-buy rounds from him? Is he, any, is he a guarantee to even play next week? Uh, he's definitely out this week. Uh, I 
the club haven't said he's guaranteed for next week. It seems very vague for me. So he's only missed two weeks, and I mean, they're a three-week injury usually, hamstring. Oh, he, surely he's your guy that can get you up to Lockie Whitfield if you didn't have him. Jeez, I'd be taking that trade, you know. Yeah, even a Laird. No, no, I'd be looking at Whitfield. Oh, no, I'm saying if you already don't have Whitfield. Around. Oh, yeah, if you if you don't have Whitfield, don't muck around. Maybe if you've got Whitfield, yeah, then you're looking for a guy. If you've got Whitfield, I'd look at Heath Shaw. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice call. I like that one too. All right, Big Mal in Tassie wants to know, it's a super coach question. Could it be possible for players like Smith, Brayshaw, Warpool, uh, that's Brody Smith, by the way, um, to become the last player in their respective lines on the field to finish your side um, with injuries, some form concerns, um, and some cash generation difficulties that coaches have had this year. A full yeah, primo 100%. side of 22 might be a dream for some this year. Even a whore at D6, we've talked about him. Um, a, a Walsh and M8, that's probably a little bit of a stretch. But could you end up in super coach? Would you feel okay if this Brody's your last on field with a Marty Hall, with a Warple your last on field, a Gus your last on field? Are you happy enough with that? I know we all want the best of the best, but from a look, if that's a worst case scenario, is that a bad outcome? No, it's not. But I, I think Brayshaw bounces okay after the buy. Yeah. I think Brody Smith's interesting because he had that nice run and he went well, and then he had a nice tough run and he sort of struggled sometimes yeah. in the last couple of weeks. And it's not getting Again, easier in the next couple of weeks. No, either. but it will after the bye. Correct. So, so I think at this stage, Smith looks good. I've got massive question marks over Warple. I think he's he lacks a tank. Yeah. He, the kid busts his chops. Yeah, he does. I don't know how many times at quarter time I see him on 30 or 40 points. And then he only scores 80 for the game. Yeah. So I've got massive question marks over Walpole, but only for that aspect. Yeah. He is a good kid. Yeah. He's second a year. very good kid. Yeah. But it's his second year. Yeah. So I've already got question marks about his tank now. He's not going to get stronger as the year goes on because yeah. not many do in his situation. Yeah. So I I don't know. If I had a Warpool now, like I'd probably have to hold him. Sure. I wouldn't be bringing him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, And that's not what Mal's suggesting. He's more going, look, if that's the last forward I got on field. Yeah. It, it, of all the ones he suggested of guys, I think Walsh was in the question. I think absolutely you've got to trade him out. We've spent weeks talking about him. We won't do that now. But I think I'd feel okay with Brayshaw as my M8 in Supercoach if I needed to. Brody Smith and Hoare as my D6 and 7. We've already talked about that is, this episode. I, I think Warple, if, if, if Mal, you can get the opportunity to move him on, great. Um, it, it, but it's not... It's not- He's not the worst. It's, it's, you're not going to die go, with your 80s out of it. What no. is he, 70, 75 is the worst case scenario. That's not going to burn the end of the year. That's not going to kill and you. 10 points a game over 10 rounds is only 100 points. And he's going to get you the odd 100. You know he's going to get a good matchup. You know he's going to get on the end of a couple of goals here and there. He's got the awkward buy round yeah. as well. So, like... The problem with owning Warple is you don't own someone else who's 20 points better. So, and I'm looking at like a Jack Billings, say, okay, for the same buy round or a Josh Dunkley. Or a Boak. Like yeah. A Boak. Um, they're all going to go, what, close to 100, aren't they, really? You'd think 90 plus safely, yeah. Yeah, so 
I mean, there is potential that Warpool goes into 90. 70. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah, in a bad law. You know, yeah. He's doing very well now, Great but he's not going to stay where he is. So I think he's only going to fade because he gets to 85 for the year, which pushes him high 70s from now on. You see what I mean? There's yeah, yeah. potential that you're losing 20 points a game. But you can't really do much now because we're halfway through the year. That's so right. And you're going to need him only, to get you through the buys, yeah. Well, yeah, you're going to have to hold for the next five to six weeks and then try and look at that. You know, when you get down to four or five trades, yeah. am I going to use one to upgrade James Warple or, or am I going to hold him and is he going to really cost me some serious points late? Yeah, it's a great point. Because holding these guys late can cost you 50, 60 points a game. Oh, of course. And look, we, we hope him all the best that he goes 85, 90 for the end of the year, that he finds a way to work through it. But, you know, on what we're seeing, how he's playing out games, how he is slowing in some games uh, more than others, you, you just think the cumulative effect of the year. For a second-year player who's doing incredibly good, and, and you know long-term, he's going to be a fantasy beast for us if the first 20-odd games he's shown us is giving any indication. But... Of all those names, Mal, I'd be thinking he's the one I'd be more concerned about fielding than the others. Yeah, I agree. All right, last couple of questions. Uh, Adam wants to know, and this is an AFL fantasy question, two lots of double downgrades before the buys or triple downgrade in the last of the buys? He's got no other way to get the cash to the players he wants. Is it two up, one down in the buys as it won't work without a bucket load of cash? No. So I think he's got a... If your team is comfortable this week, okay, and you're looking solid, I think a Mitch Hinge should be looked at. I think an Oscar Baker should be looked at. Yep. I think, you know, and you can go through and have a bit of a look, but I think these guys can be looked at as double downgrades. Yep. Um, again, beware of your buy rounds. AFL Fantasy is a little bit better because you're going to go 3-3-3. Three, three, three. Yep. So... Don't be scared, though, to try a broadie, okay? Yeah. Now, we call it a broadie, but we're, what we're saying here, okay, is if you own Fiorini this week in AFL Fantasy, yep. and he's got a likely matchup against the ball, and he's got something else coming up, and someone is, let's say, who's down lower that's cheaper? Dusty, okay? Yeah. Why not look at that option with the same buy round, Fiorini to Dusty to free up to couple of hundred thousand yeah you know 100%. and then potentially in a few weeks time if you want to bring fiori back in um fiorini sorry not fiori yeah <laughs> fiorini um you might actually have a midfield rookie starting to peak out and you might be able to do it through him yeah no, exactly. I think it's the right way to do it. And look, we'll spend a lot of time next week on the podcast as we enter the multi-buy rounds talking about multiple avenues because I think every format requires, in some regards, a different strategy of approach. We'll make sure we spend a whole chunk of time looking um, for you, Adam, and for everybody else that's tuning into the podcast, different ways of attacking these multi-buy rounds and different strategies that could get you to your ideal end product. Uh, last question to wrap up our episode. Again, an AFL fantasy question. Uh, Kyle Brett wants to know, are the lack of consistent premium defenders and forward options going to make it harder to towards the end of the year to finalise your team, as in previous years we've had standouts, whereas this year it could change three or four players in and out a week. I actually think there's standouts in both lines. Yes. 
So it's just which format, okay? So AFL Fantasy is what the question's about, I'm assuming. Yes. So, so if we look at the forwards, okay, we know the clear-cut forwards. Tim Kelly, Danger, they tick themselves, okay? Tick, tick. And then, you know, you look at who else is there. Um, Boak, yep. okay, he's a tick. So there's three standouts without me even looking anywhere else. And then I think what happens then is you make it up as you go along. You might be comfortable with a Dunkley because he's going well at the moment. You might be comfortable with the Billings at this point in mm-hmm. time and so on and so forth. But then you rotate through based on draw, based on peaks and troughs, based on form, based on injury and so on and so forth. Defensive side is much, much easier. Yeah. You have absolute standouts in the defensive side. If you're looking at the wrong options, that's unfortunately you need to take a break, walk away, come back and have another look because you've got Whitfield at the top of the tree. You've got Jake Lloyd. Okay. Rory Laird is still a hundred average performer across the format. Yeah. And he's having a quiet year. And he's having a quiet year. Yeah. So he's in the top echelon. Okay. Now, then it becomes guesswork. Then it opens up. Sicily, Hearn, Hearn. Um, Stewart, um, all these types. That's, you get your foundation, though, on all the lines. And then, and then you rotate the guys that are the big ceiling guys afterwards. Yep. And again, this is the biggest point, and you'll hear many, many seasoned campaigners talk about ceiling. I go ceiling over consistency every day of the week, okay? Because that means I can impact on certain weeks. So things like the Nobel Coel and yep. things like my cash leagues, I can actually generate cash, you know what I mean, points, yes. whatever you're looking at, wins in leagues and stuff at any point in time. And I know that when my team wins or goes very well, it's hard to beat. Yes, so I look at all the lines, okay? I look at the Josh Kellys. I look at the Gorn-Grundy combination. I look at Whitfield. I look at Boak. I look at Danger. But then I start looking at the guys with the high ceiling. Yeah. Does Witherden have a high ceiling? No, not at this stage. Does Heath Shaw? Of course he does. So you yeah. jump on a Heath Shaw over a Witherden. Is that where, say, like so a Hooley and even a Brandon Ellis, is that where they... I know they're Tigers. 100%. That's where you look at them a little bit more and go, well, they can pump out a 130 and really, you know, jump me 100, couple of points up the rankings or a couple of thousand Mate, points. I said this last week, and did I mention Basha Hawley? You mentioned yeah. the Bash. He went 140 across the in the last w- weekend. In a typhoon. In the middle of Ramadan. Mate, he's, he's an incredible footballer. Mate. He is going under the radar big time. Yep. If you want a round 15 play 14. defender, a round whatever what? this year, geez, I'm thinking 2018. But round 14, okay, jump on him. Mate. Yes, he's, he has his peaks and he has his troughs. He's going to give you a 50 every now and then. Better give but you I three guarantee 130s. you, his ceiling is outstanding. Yep. You know who I'm looking at right now? Wingard, I'm looking at Gray. Yeah, amazing ceiling. Have a look at the midfield. Canelio's going to be under 600,000 in a game. Yeah. Yeah. Jump on. Mate. There, ding, 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 ding. The mate, train is here. There's some of, there's some guys that you just go after their buy round or even before them, if you can do it. 
like how Robbie Gray is not going to get picked for me in Supercoach, especially after his multi-buy round. Hello, boys. That's one of the easiest trades I'm going to make of the year. 100%. Mate, three weeks ago, I jumped on a Jack Siebel, okay? Yep. Not because he's a consistent player, because of his ceiling. Yep. Yes, he threw out vomits on the weekend. But the weekend before, he got 155. He's still going 100 over the two weeks. That's right. And it doesn't matter how you look at it, okay? The three weeks, he scored nearly 300 points. That's top six forward average those three weeks, probably. For 515,000 in Dream Team. Yeah. The only reason Zebel hurt last week was for people that jumped on only last week. Correct. You've got to start looking at guys who are going to... And it's got to be a risk versus reward. Of course. I don't, jack, I don't jump on Jack Zebel at 600,000. I jump 500. on him at 500,000. Correct. Mate, Chad Wingard, if anyone watched the game last week, played mostly mid. Yep. Plenty of mid. You know, 500,000, sub 500,000 with a DPP. Robbie Gray, sub 500,000 with a DPP. Have Mate, a look at my early super coach. In Supercoach, Robbie Gray, mid-forward, under 400,000 this week. Ding, 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 ding. Jump on these guys. If you can't go the best, you get a guy with a huge ceiling that's going to match the best until you get that money in. 100%. And they're every chance of being the guy that flies on the run home and you look like a genius. And not only that, how many times have we done it over the years, MJ, jumping on guys before they go on the run, not get halfway week. through it? Get the week before, every, get one or two weeks ahead of everyone else. That's what was when it? you um, Now, let's just talk about us for one second. Oh, Back in 2012, sure. 2013, I think we had all penciled in Stevie J after round four or five. Yeah. He had the Bulldogs as a matchup. Yeah. We... There was a few of us that jumped on him straight away. He showed nothing. I think he was suspended or something for the first two weeks. Yeah, something like he that. came back, played two weeks, did a 70 and 80, jumped on him at the next game, 140. Bang. Bang. Became a top five forward for the year. Yeah. Okay. And I, I believe you finished in the top 10 or something that year. And Just quite. I yes. had an okay year yeah. as well. Yeah, like, that okay. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we're looking for is jumping on the guy before their run, that's not right. after their run. Look at the fixture. We've talked about that a couple of times throughout this episode. Guys that have good runs now to the bye, guys that have good and bad runs after their bye, guys that through that four-week, whether it be finals or that crucial rankings period, your fixture analysis and the identification of players, their price point you bring them in and the week you bring them in, those simple moves you make over these next six to ten weeks, that's going to define your fantasy success this year. And don't get fooled by the hype of the week. Yes. The hype of the week needs to match your team. Correct. And it might be the right pick, but you've got to match the research for your team against the hype of the noise of everyone else. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's us done. We're cracked over an hour and 10, man. I, uh, I think nobody else wants to hear our voice for another week. So, hey, man, appreciate your thoughts uh, as we've chatted this week. 
Well, I'll see you in a fortnight. I'm looking forward to having that chat. Hey, thank you so much uh, for listening to this podcast episode, whether it be through Spotify and iTunes. We appreciate uh, you taking the time to listen, to subscribe if you haven't already, and love you to give a five-star rating and review. If you love what the Coaches Panel are doing, you can also consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash Coaches Panel. Some unique cash cow content coming through this week with a dozen or so new cows being added to the system. This week, I hope for you, your captain kills it, rookie roulette goes your way, and all your uniques absolutely fire. But until next week, good luck. And from all of us here at the Coaches Panel, we'll chat to you soon.